Welcome to another Dragonlance Saga readings episode. It is, uh, well, I actually don't have the date. <laughs> it's Thursday. It's my Friday today, so I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. And I was looking at grabbing the audiobook version of Dragons of Fate this morning, sort of prepping my notes and everything for it so that I can just burn through and give a, a spoiler-free review of it on August 1st when it comes out after having listened to the whole thing. And then I noticed that in the Kindle version listing of Dragons of Fate on Amazon, there's an excerpt that is not in any of the other versions. And I thought that was weird because it said it was a approved excerpt reprinted by permission. I didn't know why it wasn't out already by someone else, and I didn't know why I hadn't heard of it. But I thought, hey, I might as well just read this. Even if it's not an officially released preview, I'm still going to read it because I'm curious. I'm interested. And all of these little previews sort of interweave in ways. So this one is an excerpt from chapter one. So it's right before the excerpt number two, which again is before excerpt number one. Right? <laughs> so it goes three, two, one. That's... That's the, the whole thing. Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? Happy early weekend, indeed. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, I, before I start, I would like to take a moment and thank the members of this YouTube channel. I invite you to consider becoming a member if you're not already by visiting the links in the description below and uh, remind you, you can always pick up Dragon's Game and Materials by using my affiliate links, uh, also in the description below. And if you're a member, then after this, you're going to get a member-only member reading episode which should be fun. So consider. <laughs> I don't know. All right, let's do this. Again, this is from Amazon, and I can actually probably show you the page, but it's Amazon, and I don't want to have to deal with it. All right, here we go. Now here we go. Delamore the Dark was centuries distant from those who had been stranded in time by the destruction of the device of time journeying. Yet he had them on his mind as he left the office of Astinus, carrying the shattered remains of the device in a black velvet sack. He kept seeing over and over the moment when he had entered the artifact room in the great library of Palanthus at Astinus's bidding to find the monk Brother Cairn standing motionless among the wreckage of the device. The floor was littered with debris, cogs, wheels, jewels, metal shards, a broken chain. I ordered him not to move until you arrived, Astinus had told Dalimar, to see if you could salvage it. But what happened to those who traveled with Brother Cain, Lady Destina and Tasselhoff? Dalimar at, had asked aghast. Where are they? What of the great gem of Gargath, the lady wears? Brother Cain returned alone, Astinus had replied, maddeningly dispassionate. Dalimar had used his magic to gather up the fragments of the device and place them in his bag. Astinus had given him permission to take the remains of the device to Jesterius, head of the Conclave, to determine if it could be repaired and to tell Jesterius about the catastrophe that had left four people and the Grey Gem of Gargath stranded in time. Dalimar first returned to his own tower, the Tower of High Sorcery in Palanthus, to make certain all was well. His Shalafi, Raislin Majir, was purportedly stranded in time. 
Knowing Raceland as he did, Dalimar would not have been surprised to find his Shalafi once more master of the tower, and he was relieved when the black robes who guarded it reported nothing amiss had occurred in his absence. I am traveling to the Tower of Weyrith, Dalimar told them. Close the magical portals to all except me. No one is to leave or enter. Having no idea how long he would be gone or what dangers he might face, Dalimar replenished his spell components and selected a variety of magical scrolls with spells that could be cast swiftly at and at need. As he worked, he considered reporting what he had learned about the whereabouts of the Grey Gem to the Gods of Magic. They knew chaos was roaming the world, but nothing more. And the other gods did not know that much. The gods of good and those of evil all believed the Grey Gem was still in hiding, as it had been for thousands of years. If Astinus was the god Gillian, as some believed, he alone knew it had gone back in time. Yet Dalimar had no fear Astinus would intervene. He never intervened, but merely recorded what he saw as he sat with his hand on the sphere of time. When the world ended, the last sound would be the scratching of Astinus's pen. Better if I deal with this disaster quickly and quietly, without divine interference, Dalimar said to himself. He did not have time to send word to Jesterius that he was coming. Walking the paths of magic, Dalimar arrived at the Tower of Weyrith without warning, and the sudden appearance of the master of the Tower of Palanthus materializing in the entry hall threw the guardian mages into confusion and alarm. Every master refurnished the tower to suit himself or herself. Since mages came from all over Anselon to take their tests at the Tower of High Sorcery in Weyrith, Jesterius had designed the entry hall to be welcoming. Tapestries celebrating magic lined the walls. A rug carpeted the cold marble floor. The guardian mages were playing at Kaz on a board they had set up when Dalimar's arrival triggered the warning bell that sounded throughout the tower. The two guardians jumped to their feet ready to defend their posts. Both immediately recognized Dalimar, who was the only elf archmage to ever take the black robes. I must speak to Jesterius, said Dalimar. The guardians sent for the chief apprentice. Once she recovered from her shock, she approached him. Master, this is unexpected. Dalimar cut her off. I must speak to Jesterius in a matter of utmost urgency. I fear the master is not here, sir. The apprentice told him, he's traveled to his home to dine with his wife and their new baby daughter. Fetch him, said Dalimar, now. Yes, master, right away, master. She escorted Dalimar to one of the antechambers where the students usually waited to take the test. The small room was furnished with chairs and a table where nervous applicants could study their spells. Dalimar had forgotten until the apprentice mentioned dinner that he had not eaten all day. The apprentices served him bread with clotted cream and honey and brought a flagon of elven wine. By the time he had finished his meal, Jesterius had returned. Jesterius was in a good mood following his visit with his family, but when he saw Dalimar's expression, his pleasure evaporated. What has happened? Dalimar glanced about. The apprentices had disappeared, leaving the two alone. But the walls have ears, especially in magical towers, and he did not want to say more than necessary. The Grey Gem. Jesterius was grave. We will go to my quarters. We can speak in private there. He escorted Dalimar to his private chamber. People were always amazed that the two men were so vastly different and should have been sworn enemies were in fact extremely good friends. Both were dedicated to the magic and to the gods they served. Jesterius was a human in his early fifties who wore the red robes of those dedicated to Lunatari, the neutral goddess of the Red Moon. 
He walked with a crutch, for his test in the tower had left him crippled in body, though stronger in spirit and resolve. He was still hale and fit, only the few strands of grey in his hair and beard gave evidence of his age. Dalimar was a Sylvanisty elf with black hair and almond eyes. He wore the black robes of Nuatari, the god of the Dark Moon. He was over a hundred years old and in the prime of his life. Acting as a spy for the Conclave, Dalimar had served Raislan Majir all after his Salafi had claimed the Tower of High Sorcery in Palanthus. Raislan had discovered his betrayal, and Dalimar still bore the marks of his Shalafi's wrath on his flesh. The master's quarters were designed for comfort rather than elegance, with several large overstuffed chairs that were cozily shabby. The walls were lined with shelves of books. Justarius placed a warding spell on the door and, leaning on his crutch, turned to his companion. You spoke of the Grey Gem. You have news? The worst possible, said Dalimar grimly. Lady Destina and the Grey Gem have traveled back in time to the Third Dragon War. Tasselhoff Burfurt is with her, as are Stone Brightblade and Raceland Magier, both men very much alive. That is the bad news. This is what makes bad news worse. He placed the velvet bag on the table and opened it. Look inside. Justarius peered into the bag and saw a rod, two orbs, a chain, myriad jewels, and bits and pieces of broken metal. Justarius stared at the objects in what appeared to be confusion. Then he realized what he was seeing and looked up at Dalimar in horror. Is that... Justarius couldn't finish. The device of time journeying, said Dalimar, or rather, it was the device. Right now it is a collection of junk. It blew apart, leaving those who went back in time stranded. Justarius gaped at him, bereft of speech. Dalmar sighed and ran his hand through his long black hair. I was hoping you and I might be able to repair it. If so, we could send someone back to rescue them. We can try to fix it, Justarius said, but he didn't sound hopeful. Let's just take it to my laboratory. The laboratory was the beating heart of the Tower of High Sorcery. Here, mages conducted experiments to create new spells or worked to perfect or enhance old ones. The walls were lined with metal shelves containing jars and bottles and canisters of spell components, all neatly labeled and placed in alphabetical order. Since the risk of fire was high, given the nature of some of the spells, no spellworks were kept within the laboratory, although they could be brought inside. Those who worked or studied here sat on metal stools. The familiar smell of spell components enveloped Dalimar as he entered. Pungent spices, acrid chemicals, drying herbs, and the sickening smell of decay. He glanced swiftly about. He did not expect to see any secret experiments. Justarius was far too careful for that. But he might gain some idea of the field of study the Archmage was pursuing. He saw nothing of interest, however. Apprentices working in the laboratory jumped to their feet in respect when the two masters entered. Justarius ordered them away, shut the door, and cast a locking spell on it. Dalimar carefully emptied the bag onto a marble work table, whose smooth surface contained no runes or any other symbols of magic that might interfere with the magic of the device. Justarius gazed in dismay at the pile of glittering jewels, the numerous tiny cogs and small wheels, the chains and orbs. Did you find all the pieces? Is this everything? And that is the end of this preview. So that actually makes a lot of sense in relation to the last preview that I had read, the last excerpt, where they're going to a third party, another woman, and asking her, hey, can you fix this? I was complaining that, well, why don't they just try to fix it since they're masters of Towers of High Sorcery? 
Well, they're missing pieces, so they can't put it together. They're definitely not engineers or metal workers, so they couldn't manufacture the pieces. So it makes sense that they would then go to a metal worker in order to do that. And then, of course, the person they go to makes perfect sense because, of course, they are the like a, a daughter of uh, the one who made that magical time-traveling uh, clock that we saw in Dragons of Summer Flame, I believe it was, or, or not Summer Flame, but um, <sighs> Dragons of Vanished Moon or whatever the first War of Souls novel was. All right. Hey, Charlie, how you doing, man? Any interest in the new Baldur's Gate 3 game coming out? Not really. I'm in the middle of um, a couple different games, actually. So I'm playing The Last of Us Part 1 for PC, the new remastered one that just came out last year. Finally, now that my PC can handle it. And uh, I'm still wrapping up like Lego Skywalker Saga and stuff like that. So I don't know. If it's really good, then maybe I'll take a look at it. Malcolm, thanks for tuning in. Good to see you. It's so cool getting to see these stories with these great characters, pictures where the setting was just a few years ago. You're pumped. I'm with you, Chris. This setting was dead a few years ago, and now it is thriving again, and I'm super stoked about it. So Raceland hit Dalimar with five-finger death punch. <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I mean, it was more of a delicate love tap, I imagine, that just seared him. I bet like Dalimar had no idea it was coming, he was just like, open your shirt. Or he was like, open your shirt. And Dallin was like, okay. <laughs> and Raceland was just like, kaya! So he got him. All right, what's the one thing you guys want to see in the second novel? Lord Soth, Charlie. Well, this is definitely before Lord Soth's time because we're back in the age of might with Huma and Magius. So Lord Soth was, wasn't even a twinkling in his ancestors, you know. You know. So, I mean, ultimately, um, we're not going to see Soth. We're going to... Maybe we see Dracos. That would be kind of cool. If, if memory serves, that was the, the bad guy, right? That was running the Dark Queen's army. Ah, it's been so long since I read The Legend of Huma. I can't really remember all of the names in it. So that would be dope if we got to see him... A little bit of a spoiler here. If you guys haven't listened to Tracy Hickman's latest interview that I shared on the community tab of this YouTube channel, then he also said there's this is the second novel, very much like Dragons of Winter Night. And we all know Dragons of Winter Night is where Sturm died at the Tower of High Sorcery by Kitiara, the Dragon High Lord. So if this is going to be a similar dramatic ending, I propose, and I'm proposing spoilers here. This is just me hypothesizing, but if you don't want any spoilers, turn this off. Okay, if you're here, you don't mind me hypothesizing what could possibly be spoilers. I think Huma's going to die. I think that is going to be the main dramatic ending of Dragons of Winter Night. Huma's going to die. I don't know if Sturm is going to end up being the one who saves and defeats uh, um, the Dark Queen which would be dope as hell, I think, in the third book. But I think Sturm is going to pick up from where Huma left off because Huma's going to die because chaos is in time now and messing everything up. That's my guess. Let's see. Hey, D20, how you doing, man? You guys should go check out his game, his uh, channel, because he's got a whole bunch of D&D uh, live plays and uh, tips and stuff for running Shadow of the Dragon Queen. So it's really good stuff. 
uh, not to mention interviews and stuff like that. It's good stuff. So let's see. Messed up lizard face. Looking forward to listening to this on the Gen Con road trip. Yeah, Gen Con. I've never gone to Gen Con. I always want to, but I'm terrified um, of the smell <laughs> that I hear about. What is it about D&D players, grognards in general, that hygiene is just not in their cards for them? They just got like really low uh, rolls on their um, uh, comeliness. Is that it? <laughs> they just don't know how to wash? Is that it? Just get some Old Spice deodorant, all right? Do something. Hook a brother up. Um, good. That makes total sense for Huma. I hope not, but I suspect that's going to be it. And I think Magius and Raceland are going to be like two peas in a pod. They're going to be like super type bros, like the best dude bros of all of Dragonlance. They're going to be finishing each other's sentences. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're going to be high-fiving at the top of the High Claris Tower, they're gonna be they're gonna each be casting fireballs, look at each other, and just like wink, and then get right back into War Mage mode. They're gonna be having a good old time, I bet. <laughs> Bad smell is a risk. <laughs> um, yeah, what do you guys think is gonna happen in this? Because it's all speculation. No one knows yet, except for the people who have gone to their bookstores and it's actually on the shelves right now. So this book is out right now regionally in some places it's just not officially out until the first next week i'm excited i plan on again getting that audiobook burning through it and giving you a spoiler free review on the first which i think is a tuesday and then um i'll give you my spoiler review a week later to kind of give people a chance to read it themselves and then we can just sort of have a good conversation about what the book is and i'm really excited for that the new buddy comedy coming soon. Huma and Sturm. I don't know if Huma and Sturm are going to be buddies. I really do think if there's a travesty that's going to happen, something akin to Dragons of um, what, like Winter Night, uh, then I do think it's going to be either Magius or Huma that bites the dust. 100%. It has to be one of them. Otherwise, I mean, I guess you could say the travesty is Sturm or, or Raceland dying out of time. But I can't imagine Margaret okaying Raceland being killed off, ever. And because, again, he never died off. He was given peace at the end of the Legends trilogy because of his sacrifice by Paladine, but he came back, <laughs> and he keeps coming back. So, I don't know. You're getting ready to play Dragonlance Shadow of the Black Rose by Dragonlance Nexus team. Hey, well, let me, I'll be interested to hear whether it's good or not. I have zero interest in uh, playing fan-made modules, personally. It's just not interesting to me. And to be fair, I'm not even interested in playing any other 5th edition modules at all. I think I must be doing 5th edition wrong. Because I'm killing people. And that's not supposed to be a normal thing. So I think I am doing something wrong DMing this game. I don't know. I wish people would tell me. <laughs> it would help me a lot. I had one dude who was like um, watching my, my video streams. He was like, you know, I always wonder why you had so few viewers, but now I know. And I was like, wait, what? Why? Let me know. Like, hook a brother up. Tell me why you think 
I have lower viewers than you think I should have because I would always like to improve. I'm not trying. And that's not necessarily just the gaming stuff, but just my regular lore videos. Like, uh, I, I want to improve. So you got to tell me what I'm doing wrong, people. Like, that's how this thing works. I give you a better product when you tell me how to fix it. Because I'm only doing what I know. And if it's not good enough, then you got to tell me. That's how it works. Very hard to die, hard to die in 5th E. Not apparently. <laughs> not apparently at all, Charlie. I've been killing people left and right. Last game, I just murdered off two people. The two games before that, I murdered one off. Like, And it, I'm not trying. That's the thing. I'm not intending to do it. It's just the natural course of the adventure and the decisions they make. All right. Anyway. Hey, Doc. How you doing, man? Second is best. Yeah. All right. Well, that's kind of it. I just wanted to give you this review or this excerpt that I saw that I hadn't read before and I wasn't aware was even out there. And um, I've done that now. So you've killed several at the end of Shadow of the Dragon Queen. It gets harsh. Oh, really? All right. All right. I will be prepared for that then. Everyone needs to be emotionally prepared, players. <laughs> Take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. We'll get through this together. I promise. <laughs> it's all for the betterment of the story, ultimately. You know, I'm not like trying to murder people. All right. That's it, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this Dragonlance Saga reading. What did you think of this excerpt? Are you excited to hear more about Dalimar and Justarius. In either case, you can always leave a comment below or shoot me an email at info at dlsaga.com. I would like to uh, thank you all for tuning in and uh, being a part of this celebration of Dragonlance that this channel has, uh, well, always been. And uh, until next time, I'm Adam for Dragonlance Saga and uh, Slanjavar. I, I could just read the ending, but I totally just botched it anyway. Slanja. <laughs>